Daily Ding. Happy Thursday. We're back. I'm Zach Harper. We got all your Wednesday night NBA action. We got all the holiday news, all the holiday action. I'm joined by the one and only Nitsan Blostein, Rob Lopez, steering the ship. Coming up on the show, talking LeBron's groin. That's exciting. A round of the Christmas games. The Warriors getting historically scrutinized. But first, the Raptors. Allegedly, Nitsa's Raptors, Waz's Raptors, whatever. But the Raptors break the five-game winning streak of the Miami Heat in our game of the night. Two games of the night tonight. We'll start with the Raptors. Raptors 106, Heat 104. No Kyle Lowry in this one. And the Miami Heat led by 17 at one point. But the Raptors, the Raptors dominated the third quarter, 37-21. They're the second-best third-quarter team in the league. Kawhi Leonard, 30 points, 8 rebounds. Went to the free-throw line 11 times. Said the whistle went his way tonight. Maybe all that complaining from Nick Nurse actually got the refs on his side. Danny Green hit the go-ahead three in the final minute uh, had 18 points on the game. Dwayne Wade missed a three. Uh, Justice Winslow got the rebound. He missed a three. Dwayne Wade missed the tip in and the heat fall. Justice Winslow started at point guard, 21 points, four assists, uh, 16 for Fred Van Vliet. Just Josh Richardson, 17 and seven. Some white side, 16 and 12. Uh, but in some white side fashion, irrelevant because that's just how it is. Nits, your Raptors, big comeback without Kyle Lowry, even though the heat aren't I wouldn't say aren't a very good team. They were, they've been playing a lot better as of late as you know, denoted by the five game win streak. And they do seem to, to be a tough matchup for a lot of teams because of their defense. Yeah. I think we got to give credit to Miami with their transition defense, especially in that first half, they were dominating them there. Uh, they were just making it really difficult for the Raptors to get any sort of real good shots up. But that being said, Miami's offense is still exactly what we think Ooh, it is. It's, so, bad. it's so bad. So, you know, it's, cool they they had a five game winning streak but I think I, I still think they're exactly what we think they are which is that like subpar make it maybe to the eight seed because the east is so bad but that's about it and I think you really saw that in the second half they had a crazy lead going to the second half and I was telling Raptors fan not my Raptors anymore by the way oh. I was telling, no Update. No, no, they gave <laughs> they gave my Warriors 0-2 in the series. I can't stand for them anymore. But that being said, I was telling everyone you can't just relax. Miami's offense will come back down to earth. So I think the biggest takeaway out of this is he are exactly who we thought they were. And Raptors fans should feel good that they did this on the road without Lowry. Yeah, absolutely. The Raptors, you know, in this game, you know, I, I didn't like the way they play a lot of defense against the Heat in the first half. Um, he did have a good offensive first half and the second half, it just kind of peters out as it, I feel like it tends to do. And they just, they go into just this mode. Like you, they just need good Goran Dragic back, right? Like he's going to be out for two months with that knee injury. Uh, They just, they need that guy at the point of attack who can get into the paint and make stuff happen. And they just don't have that. They don't have that because Deion waiters isn't back. And even when he is, you know, the ankle injury, I don't know how much you can expect out of him. Um, and And against a team like the Raptors, I think the Raptors are exactly the type of team that can, you know, withstand a bad half, jump out in this, in this third quarter, take control of the game, and then and their defense can just take over and just stifle that Miami offense when Miami becomes so single-minded. I just think that um, this one, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to kill the, the Heat over. They still played well in this game. They're still playing well as of late. But the Raptors were primed to to win that game. Totally, Heat wasted a Hassan Whiteside game, for what it's worth. If we could call it a Hassan Whiteside game in that first half, he was incredible. Yeah, 16 points, 12 rebounds, three blocks. He was plus 22 in the game, and they get and they get a two point loss. Like plus 22 in the game, bam, out of bio, man. Minus 24 in 17 minutes. Dwayne Wade minus 28 in 24 minutes. Like they just they keep relying on Dwayne Wade so much, and it's it kind of reminds me of like the Derrick Rose situation in Minnesota, except Derrick Rose is actually playing well. 
but they're just like, hey, you used to be good. Go go create for us because we need someone who get into the paint. Derrick Rose has taken that this season and been good at it. Dwayne Wade, not so much. For sure. And then the other game of the night, Pelicans lose to the Mavericks, 122-119. Luka Doncic, 21 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. Got to the free throw line 12 times in this game. So he he won, he failed to put the game out of reach. He gave them a chance by missing a, a clutch free throw. Anthony Davis missed the game tying three. Doncic grabbed the rebound and, and took it out of there to close. There's a dribble out the clock. But my question is, Nitz, like, is Luka starting to get superstar calls in that over the last eight games, he's averaging 10 free throw attempts a game. Like they were Dallas people were complaining about Luca not getting calls. And then already in the, in like the last three weeks, he's all of a sudden getting a lot of calls, like wh- like probably way too many calls. Yeah, I agree. And even that less, that very last call, I think the Pelicans were kind of crowding him and it was about to be an eight second violation. That yeah. call was pretty bogus to me. So he's getting some questionable calls. I can't really explain why he's obviously not a superstar. He's a rookie. He's incredible, but he shouldn't be getting some of these calls. Um, I don't think Dallas fans have anything to complain about. If he's going, if he's averaging 10 free throw attempts per game over the last eight games. That's, uh, that's, that's crazy. a lot, man. Yeah, that's a lot for a what? rookie. That's a, like, it's, and it's not like, like, I don't want to take anything away from him. He's playing well and he's having an incredible rookie season and he would be my rookie of the year right now. If, for some reason we stopped the season on December 26th for some ungodly reason. But it, but it just seems weird to like a guy who's not that physical, who's not that athletic in terms of like being explosive and, and getting really on top of defenders, how he's drawing so many fouls is just kind of crazy to me. I don't really have an explanation. I feel like he is a little bit more physical maybe than we give him credit for, but he's absolutely not on that level where he should be getting this amount of calls. So it's something to watch out for just going forward. Cause I, I don't know. He's yeah, getting more, yeah. somebody quoted that he's getting more than LeBron. I think yeah. at the moment, which yeah. is it's crazy. Talk physical. Yeah. In a, in an eight game stretch. That's crazy. Anthony Davis had 32 points, 18 rebounds in this loss. Uh, this team just has no well-rounded help. Like drew holiday had a nice game. He had 25 points, six assists, five rebounds. I think Julius Randall had 20, 23 points and then no one else is of consequence in this game. Deandre Jordan had 20 points, 12 rebounds, JJ Barea with 18 points, seven assists, five rebounds. Like if you have more than four play or more than three players, uh, contributing, you have a great chance to take down the Pelicans cause they just don't have enough depth to do anything. Yeah, man. It's sad. Anthony Davis is obviously putting up some pretty crazy numbers, but they're 15 and 20 right now. And you have Drew Holiday, who's solid. I think he had a great game tonight, but I think in general he's pretty pretty much solid always. But that's it. What else do you have? And they're not exactly healthy right now, but I think even if they were healthy, are you limp? I don't know if they're getting into the playoffs this year. That's oh. the way that they're playing right now. And that's just kind of it's a little sad to say because Anthony Davis is one of those players that absolutely deserves to be on a team that is on the biggest stage every single year. But – it just, it doesn't feel like it's, oh, it's early anymore. It's, you know, we're way past Christmas and they can't really, they're well below the 500 mark. Yeah. And I mean, Julius Randle getting that Luka Doncic whistle, he got to the line 13 times, right? He was only five to 16 in the game from the field, but he got to the free throw line a bunch to kind of help out. But I mean, I'm, I'm with you like this. I want to see more Anthony Davis, but if they want these rumors to stop and they want all, you know, all this discussion and, and ruminating about where Anthony Davis could end up next and getting him out of new Orleans, like you have to win and he's having a ridiculous season and they can't win with him. Like this is, this is why they had this random, uh, this random surge in the second half of the last season. Once cousins went down and, and after that, like 
everyone would just kind of assume like, Hey, the Pelicans, this is who they are. No, the league adjusted. Like the league adjusted, they know what to do against this team, and there's nothing they can do. Like there's nothing they can do about it. And so, if you want the, if you want people to stop trying to poach Anthony Davis off this team, you got to win. They do not win. Yeah, you got to get him a point guard. Get the man a point guard, honestly. And I think that's something. Get him a shooter. Get him something. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm thinking, I'm going down the list of all the things that this team needs, and I just, I don't see, I don't see any of this happening. And they and they just I mean, you saw it tonight. They cannot defend. You have one of the greatest defenders yeah. in the world. You can't defend as a team. Like that's it's a coaching problem. It's a it's a GM problem. Like it's just a franchise problem. They're done. All right, guys. The holiday season's over, and you probably didn't get what you wanted, which was like a new phone with a new plan. But it's treat yourself to a New Year's resolution before the New Year's is up. You got five days left. You can get rid of that big wireless provider. You know, get rid of the like all those charges and all that, all the you know, all the extra stuff that you have to pay for. Like, you don't do that. You don't have to kill your phone bill every single month. This year, as you close out the year, don't just upgrade your phone. Upgrade your wireless provider. Switch to Mint Mobile for a limited time. Mint Mobile is offering the best deal, wireless deal you've ever seen. Three months of service, twenty bucks. That's it. Twenty dollars, three months of service, but it's a limited time. You only have five days left. Mint Mobile's holiday deal is here for only a limited time. That's three months of service for 20 bucks. You're going to get five gigabytes of 4G LTE data each month, plus unlimited talk and text. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan. You can keep your own old phone number with all your existing contacts. You're not going to lose any of that stuff. It runs on the nation's fastest, most advanced LTE network. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with a seven-day money-back guarantee. Ditch that old wireless bill. Start saving with Mint Mobile. Here's how you take advantage of this deal. Get three months of wireless for 20 bucks. Get the plan shipped to your door for free by going to mintmobile.com slash BTB. That's mintmobile.com slash BTB. Three months of service for 20 bucks. Mintmobile.com slash BTB. Okay, let's get to the news from the holidays. The big one, LeBron James, day-to-day with their groin injury, said he felt a pop during that Christmas win over the Warriors. Uh, seemed pretty scary. Everyone started assuming the worst here, but the MRI came back clean. He's day-to-day, did not travel with the Lakers to Sacramento for Thursday night's game, so he'll obviously miss that. He's expected to miss a few games, but it could have been a lot worse. Nitz LeBron did say he felt like he dodged a bullet in this one. Um, I think that was a pretty scary moment for any basketball fan. Like, if you actually care about basketball, you did not want to see LeBron James go down with a, a serious injury Christmas night. Oh, for sure, especially the way that that game was going. It just... Let's be honest. First of all, nobody wants to see LeBron James goes down. Nobody wants to see any athlete go down. But if LeBron James went down and the Lakers would have won that game, nobody would have cared. I wouldn't have cared. It just wouldn't have mattered. I mean, now that the Lakers won, it's actually just a testament to their young guys 100%. But only LeBron could say that he felt a pop. And then the MRI comes back clean. The man is a total... The man's just a machine, which... um, Fun fact, I... I did not think LeBron was going to play every single game this season like he has so far. So it's about to be the first game he's going to miss this entire season, which is, I know that's early, but I'm a little bit surprised that he's playing all 82. I don't know if that's, that's off, but I really didn't think, I thought he was going to mail it in this year. Maybe. Yeah. I I mean, I think LeBron, but. I think, I mean, he usually kind of takes a couple of games off, right? Like it's not injuries, but he gets rest and all that. And last year was the first year he didn't really do that. And, uh, and he needed to, because he dragged that, that awful 
awful Cavs team. Played 82 finals. games for yeah. 50 wins in the East. So yeah. Like, no chance he's doing that with the Lakers, but, no, but shouts may- to him. Maybe, maybe because, it, I mean, if he only misses, like, let's just say he misses like four or five games. That's that's just huge considering what we thought it was going to be and uh, and being able to get this Lakers team not just into the playoffs but if they could win a couple of these games while he's out like they'd really have a chance at being a top four seed in the West um, assuming he can come back relatively soon and be healthy and be LeBron and everything that you know we expect out of him like if they're hosting if you go through this season after last offseason and the changes they had and all those like little band-aid pieces with Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, like Rajon Rondo, all those guys, right? JaVale McGee, you go through all those little band-aid pieces and you get a top four seed in this Western conference. Like that's a big deal. Uh, the team he beat the Warriors, Steve Kerr told reporters, the Warriors are the most scrutinized team of all time. This was a quote he said after Wednesday's practice. The bar's been set high. I told our guys that. I gave them that line today. You guys have set the bar really high, so everything takes on a little greater sense of urgency in terms of what happens around the team. We're maybe the most scrutinized team in the history of the league. We're right there with the Bulls teams that I played on. I felt the same, but even more so now because of the number of media outlets and the immediacy of judgment and criticism. Uh, and that is something that they have to deal with. But Nitz, is he right? Is this the most scrutinized team of all time? Well, if anybody is going to be able to say anything about that, it's Steve Kerr, right? He mentioned it himself. He was on the only other team that maybe could have rivaled this. Um, and you can't even compare the eras. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, the amount of outlets, the way that the game, the way that the game has grown since then and the amount of people covering it is just completely ridiculous. And Warriors are first seed right now. And people are treating them like they're barely making it into the eighth, right? So in terms of the way that they're spoken about, I think everything is very urgent when right now, uh, I just... I think if we're scrutinizing the Warriors, we're scrutinizing from, are you obviously going to win or are you going to blow everybody out at this right. point? Right. I would, I would say I don't agree with him. I think the Miami Heat teams with LeBron were way more scrutinized than this Warriors team, even though Twitter was not nearly as, as prominent or social, I'll just say social media was not nearly as prominent, you know, during the 2010 to 14 run as it is now. I still think like, there was a vitriol like there was real hatred. I think it's more just annoyance at the Warriors rather than those heat teams were hated. So but that's the only the difference. I would say. But was it the team or was it LeBron? No, it was the team because Chris Bosh got so much crap. Like people were calling Chris Bosh effeminate and all that stuff. Like Chris Bosh got hammered. Mario Chalmers got hammered. Like all those guys got hammered. I think Dwayne Wade was the only one that really came out unscathed because everyone loved Dwayne Wade. But I would like I think it's the heat and then the Warriors and then those Bulls teams. That, that I mean, that would be like my scrutiny ranking historically. Scrutiny rate. Yeah, okay. that's a real thing. Check that out. <laughs> let it come up in the future. That might be a um, thing. Basketball reference. I love basketball it. reference. All right, and then let's round up those <laughs> Christmas games. Uh, Giannis and the Bucks destroyed the Knicks. Giannis did not punch Mario Hazonia in the testicle like he promised he would, mostly because Mario Hazonia did not play. James Harden outgunned Russell Westbrook and Paul George as the Rockets beat the Thunder. Houston has won eight of the last nine games. That was the seventh straight thirty-point game for Harden. Kyrie Irving went off in overtime to finish it with forty points as the Celtics beat the Sixers. As we mentioned, the Lakers destroyed the Warriors in the game where LeBron hurt his and the Jazz pummeled the Blazers to finish out Christmas night. That is your Christmas roundup and the news. Okay, everybody. Saturday, March 2nd, the end of the Sloan Analytics Conference in Boston 
at the Middle East in Boston, not talking the part of the world. We're talking the part, the club, the bar in Boston. Tickets are on sale to the general public. We still have a few tickets left. VIP has sold out. It has been sold out, but general admission is available. So go get your tickets soon. Now that the holidays are over, you don't have to worry about, do I have enough money to go shop for this person or buy that gift for that person, even though they're going to return it? Don't worry about any of that stuff anymore. As you head into the new year, you're going to go get tickets to our Boston Live show. And again, they're going fast. Only a few left. To get the tickets, you can go to the Count the Dings Twitter or Jade Hoy's Twitter page at Jade underscore Hoy. March 2nd, Saturday, end of the Sloan Analytics Conference. Come hang out with us in Boston. All right, let's get through the other action from Wednesday on Boxing Day, guys. Boxing Day. Box up these scores. Box up these box scores? No, that's no good. Nets 134, Hornets 132 in a double overtime win for Brooklyn. Joe Harris with the big play at the end of the game, stealing it from Malik Monk, taking it down for the game winner. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie was ridiculous in this game. 37 points, 11 assists off the bench. Rondé Hollis Jefferson at 16, 15, and 6. Joe Harris. Finished with 27 points. Uh, Kemba Walker, another 35-point effort in a loss. Jeremy Lamb had 31, but the Hornets bench, just terrible. Terrible. 35 points in a double overtime game. They need more help. And then D'Angelo Russell gets no clutch time in this game. Nitz, what did you see? Oh, my God. Dunwoody is amazing. So you basically all agree on that, right? He might be a bargain now with that extension. He's good. 100%. And he put – I don't remember what the stat was, but it was – it's his eighth game with 25 plus points off the bench. He's just absolutely incredible. I think at this point we should all just accept it. Real big shout, obviously, to Kemba with that last, those last 90 seconds. He was incredible yeah. with the shots, with the assists. And man, him and Dinwiddie felt like they were going back and forth for a little while. And then Joe Harris comes in with this crazy shot to tie the game. It, it tied so many times. And, you know, we kind of ended on some obnoxious uh, foul back and forth. But otherwise, this was just a crazy. It was just crazy back and forth between two subpar teams. Two teams that could end up in the playoffs just because it's the East. Just because it's the East. I just don't want to say it because every year I look at the Nets around this time. And, you know, I was in New York for a couple of years, so I really wanted it to happen. Like, you know what? Nets could really make the playoffs this year. So I'm not I'm not saying it just yet, but I'm saying that maybe it's a possibility to be said. Uh, No clutch time for D'Lo is not too surprising. Atkins said. Um, that it really is just dependent based on matchups. And some nights he's not going to get that time. Yeah, unfortunately, the matchup for him is NBA players, so they don't really like throwing him in at the end of the game. Oh, brutal. By the way, (laughs) speaking of teams that might make the playoffs by default, Pistons 106, Wizards 95. Uh, The Wizards just wet themselves in the third quarter, got outscored 31-17. Blake Griffin, 23 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. John Wall uh, had a lot of stats, 21 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, 6 turnovers. Reggie Jackson at 19, Bradley Beal at 21, uh, Langston Galloway, 22 points off the bench. The Pistons had 24 turnovers in this game and still won because – the Wizards launched them into the sun. Speaking of the Suns, Suns 122, Magic 120 in overtime. Suns have now won five of their last seven games, with one of those losses being a triple overtime game. Magic have lost seven of the last nine games. I'm so glad we wasted so much time on them in the first month and a half. Let's really, let's talk about Nick Vucevic forever. You I, feel so validated, right? <laughs> I, I don't feel validated because I knew it was that way the whole time, and I never I don't even need a let, I told you so. It, it's, it's a you should have known. That's what it should have been. <laughs> Evan Booker, 35 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. DJ Augustine at 27 points. TJ Warren, 24. Uh, Nick Vucevic, 22 and 13. 
Uh, Kelly Oubre had 19 off the bench. Terrence Ross had 18 off the bench. Pacers 129, Hawks 121. Pacers took control this game in the third quarter uh, against a, a scrappy Hawks team that had won three straight games. Thaddeus Sung, 21 points. Kent Bazemore had 32 to to lead the Hawks. Uh, Vickle Depot, solid game. 16 points, seven assists, seven rebounds. John Collins had 21 and 11 in this game. All eight Pacers in double figures. Big, big games for uh, DeMontis Sabonis and Tyreek Evans off the bench. Both had 19 points and uh, eight rebounds for Sabonis. Dwayne Dedman randomly, randomly putting up stats lately. 18 points, 15 rebounds. Spurs 111, Nuggets 103. DeMar DeRozan, 30 points, seven rebounds, five assists. As the great black trade would say, Wancho with 27 and 13 in this game. LaMarcus Shaw just had 27 points. Nick Young at 22 for the Nuggets, but they really needed more out of Nick Jokic and Jamal Murray. They combined for 13 points, 12 assists, nine rebounds combined. Those guys combined. Those sh- that should be a, a Jokic uh, stat line by himself. He was just one of five, did have 10 assists. Jamal Murray had nine points on 19 shots. Uh, Nets, the Spurs are rolling as of late and the Nuggets not falling. Uh, you know, they're not on a downslope, but they're, you know, they, they're feeling those injuries a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned about the Nuggets. I think everything here is essentially due to their injuries. And tonight, the Spurs defended Jokic really well. So we got to give them credit on that. They were doubling him. Uh, he still did have those 10 assists, though. So I think you also have to give him credit in terms of he knows when he's being played a certain way. And he only shot five shots. So yeah. He made sure to find the open shooters. Unfortunately, those open shooters weren't actually dropping down those shots. Murray having only nine points on 19 shots is pretty ridiculous. Probably shouldn't ever happen again, but you get those other guys back in there. And I think the nuggets will be perfectly fine. and still put them as top two teams in the East, but I I'm getting a little bit surprised with how the Spurs have been looking so far. Um, I think they're better than we all expected them to be just how just faring against the rest of this Western conference. Yeah, that that um, that homestand. They had a, like a six-game homestand. They really kind of seemed to correct things. They went five and one. Another. They're rolling a little bit. Timberwolves one nineteen. Bulls ninety four. Derrick Rose uh, returned to Chicago. Got MVP chance from the crowd in the fourth quarter. He finished with twenty four points and eight assists as a starter. Zach Levine twenty eight off the bench, uh, still fighting that ankle injury. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns twenty points, twenty rebounds, third twenty twenty game of the season. Grizzlies ninety five. Cavs eighty seven. No offense, Grizzlies fans, but who cares? Uh, all Grizzlies starters were in double figures. The have scored nine American points in the first quarter. Gasol had 20 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Jordan Clarkson had 24 points off the bench to lead the Cavs. And my rule of thumb, if Jordan Clarkson is leading you in scoring, you probably lost. And then the last game of the night, Clippers 127, Kings 118. The Kings made this close. This was a blowout. Kings went on a 27-3 run late in the fourth quarter, uh, but the Clippers managed to get it together. Lou Williams and Danilo Gallinari put the game away in the final minute. Lou had 24 off the bench. Montrez Harrell with 22 off the bench. Seven Clippers in double figures, seven Kings in double figures. De'Aaron Fox led the Kings with 19 points. You should never let a 27-3 run happen ever, but especially not in the fourth quarter. Can we all especially agree on that? Fourth. Absolutely. Wow. That also, is so- especially when a certain podcast is trying to wrap things up <laughs> for the night, start a little early, and now they got to stop because it becomes a one-possession game when it was 20 just a blink of an eye ago. So maybe, maybe get your stuff together, Clippers, because we didn't appreciate it here at the Daily Ding. Yeah, we really didn't need you to go on that run right as we were about to record, but hey, happens. All right, let's get to the line of the night. We got uh, we got five uh, five options here. I'm gonna throw at you, Nitz. 
Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie with his 37-11 off the bench in the double overtime win against the Hornets. Anthony Davis, 32-18 in a sad loss to the Mavericks. Devin Booker, Devin Booker, 35 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds in that win over the Magic. Carl Anthony Towns, 20-20 game against the against the Bulls in a win. And then Kemba, 35 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, lost to the Nets. Uh, who's your game? Who's your line of the night? It's got to be Dinwiddie. He was just absolutely incredible. 37 points, 11 assists. Again, off the bench, I mean, he just put that game away completely in that fourth quarter in an overtime, so it's got to go to him. Shout out, though, to Kemba Walker, but you took the L, so can't give it to you. Uh, I'm going to give it to a guy who took the L. I just feel bad for Anthony Davis at this point. I, just, I really just feel bad. <laughs> I like I'm, pity line of the nah, night. No, nah, he gets the pity line of the night. We're ending the year on a sad note. 32 and 18, he gets my line that he was the best player in that game. And it didn't even matter. They need to have at least 20 wins before you could give him a pity line of the night, for being honest. No offense to Anthony Davis and then That's higher Pelicans fan base. But... It's going wild before that team gets 20 wins. This team sucks. Oh. All right, make sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash count the dings. Like it, share it. Uh, comment all that stuff interact with us uh check out the christmas mailbag on the back-to-back feed we got uh basketball coming on on tuesday of next week we should have nerd she wrote on thursday we got a mailbag on a friday we got, you know the regular schedule go download the new bomm episode from the separate black opinions matter feed and while you're on that feed on any podcast platform you can listen to subscribe rate review do all that good stuff also subscribe rate review to the daily ding uh kian fai's nfl pod the interceptable he's got a co-host with great hair and of course the house of strauss with support ethan and everything he does that's gonna do it for us continue to to return those gifts you don't like eat the rest of those leftovers have a good time with the family if you're still spending it with them and uh and come back again for the daily thing tomorrow nits hit me with the black tray ding 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 ding